Good morning. It is Danger Dan here in the talk shop. Man, I recorded a fucking bitchin' show last night, and about 40 minutes in, my recording device just quit recording. But uh, it was all right. It was my buddy Chris Drew from Spoken Dagger out of Buffalo, New York, and we had a lot to talk about, so I still got an hour and 40 minutes. Um, damn it, Chris. Uh, dude, I had a hell of a day yesterday, and it, dude, the, the punches kept coming until I got to sit down and talk with Chris. Might not have recorded it at all, but I got I got some good stuff, man. He's got a story about this chopper he acquired in his neighborhood, and it'll give you, the story was giving me goosebumps as I was listening to it, so got that. Everything else, uh, you know. I don't even remember what the... I think the majority of what we talked about at the beginning was recapping our Nepal trip, which I'll tell you, it was... That was... That's... uh, (laughs) There was some good stuff in there. Really good stuff. But uh, anyways, it happens. Spoken Dagger is next month's featured shop for MC Shop Tees. That's right. If you want a Spoken Dagger shirt, you got to get signed up at MC Shop Tees before this month is over. That's right. That's the only way I can guarantee you one of these shirts. And if you missed out on this month's shop, Dirty's Chop Shop, well, too fucking bad. Now, that being said, I'm going to send Nick a bunch of shirts, <clears throat> and then I'll have some leftovers. And sometime in the future, I won't guarantee I've got all the sizes, but I will have a few dirties chop shops shirts for sale but until then you can also rise your happy ass to dirty's chop shop once i send him those t-shirts and get one for yourself but the easiest thing to do is just sign up mcshoptees.com so you do not miss out on any future shirts that's right mcshoptees.com here's chris drew from spoken dagger <laughs> We were getting right into it. Oh, no. I got some dates for you. Uh, First off, I want to say thank you to Jake and Natalia, who put on a killer event at Tufts Brewery in McKinney, Texas, for the Rat Rod-tober. What an amazing time. It honestly, the way that they put that together and hanging out and being a part of it and watching them work made me realize, oh, well, maybe it's not that bad to put on a show because they fucking did it flawlessly and everybody was stoked and it was just a really cool event bitching cars bitching bikes fun times good brews good food i mean it was all there even some rad music and, and the outbound train wasn't playing i know there's other good bands out there really cool 
You two are fucking gold. So don't miss the next one. Absolutely do not miss the next one. The next event now is, what is it? Oh, it's fucking Fuel Cleveland in Cleveland, Ohio. And, well, I'll be there. I'm going. I fucking got plane tickets thanks to my motherfucking buddy, Randall Wiley. And I'm going to, actually, I'm going to go to, I'm going to fly to Dayton and check out Pat's new shop, Lead Sled. Has got a new facility. I'm going to check that out. Hopefully do some dirt bike riding with those guys uh, Wednesday. And then we'll be driving up Thursday night or Friday. So super stoked to see everybody in Cleveland. And then I'll be back the next week. And we'll be riding the choppers out to Yellow Rose Canyon for just kickers. Damn, that's going to be sick kickstart competition gonna be doing some drags extreme flat tracks gonna have a flat track race it's gonna be a bitchin time do not fuck up the weather's gonna be perfect perfect there's gonna be fucking campfires and music don't fuck around do not fuck around um and i'm pretty sure that's it well we got the mint 400 that's right in Vegas, Prim, Nevada, to be exact, uh, we will be racing, I believe it's Saturday, December 4th. Me and Carlos on the Ironhead. Fuck, it's going to be sick. It is going to be so badass. I need to put some more time in on my bike. Get some more seat time. I need to get some more seat time on the Ironhead. Damn. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw the video recently that I did when I was in Idaho. I went up there and met Greg, who owns Idaho Fall, yeah, Idaho Falls Harley Davidson and Grand Teton Harley Davidson, and we went out and rode our Pan Americas through the Grand Tetons. It was it was a real bitchin' time, and he had a couple of guys that tagged along. One of them on a Pan America, the other one on a bad in a badass fucking Cummins four door Jeep. And uh, anyways, I talked to those guys. They're gonna come out to the mint and help us document it visually. Do a video of the race that weekend, all the shenanigans that happened. And, uh, man, really stoked. Really stoked that they're coming out. So, fuck yeah. Uh, that's That'll be it for this year. I think I got some other shit going on. Yeah, I mean, I think I've got something going on every weekend from now until Christmas. Pretty fucking wild, but, you know. It's what happens when you think you don't have anything going on in November. <laughs> this show is brought to you by MC Shop Tees, your T-shirt of the month club. The only way to support every local motorcycle shop. That's right. It's like a magazine subscription, but you get a T-shirt every month. Each month, I feature a different shop from around the world to showcase and design a T-shirt around. This month's featured shop is Dirty's Chop Shop out of Dayton, Ohio. Fuck, I better go check out Dirty's Chop Shop while I'm in Dayton, huh? Dirty Dick Nick, man, what a fucking stand-up dude. If you haven't heard the podcast I recorded with him earlier this year, just scroll back. Uh, you can just Google Danger Dan and Dirty Dick. It'll pop up. Check that out. Super rad dude. Very interesting story. Stoked to be a friend of his and stoked that MC Shop T's got to feature him. And the shirt's fucking bad, dude. It is so bad. If you've got it, you know. 
You fucking know. You might have seen some of the teasers on the internet. I'm going to post a full-on picture today. Tell you about uh, the art. Nick from Birmingham killed it like he always does. I mean, it's fucking bad. I hope that you were signed up so you're not going, fuck, I wish I had that shirt. Now, uh, next month's featured shop is Spoken Dagger at a Buffalo, New York. Dude, Chris Drew, I met in Nepal a couple years ago, and we had an epic time. Uh, part of the podcast was us talking about how awesome it was, dude. I mean, he fucking ran into a dump truck. He fucking ran into me. There was close calls all over the place, and we're stoked to hear that Bear and Booty are out doing recon to bring the motorcycle Sherpa tours back. So stoked. So, be paying attention to Motorcycle Sherpa on the gram. They've been posting a bunch of cool photos from the past tours, and they are figuring out what it's going to take to get that operation back on the ground. So, I'm stoked. Bear, I'm here for you. Let me know what I can do to help. I want to be a part of that. Um, so, that's fucking rad. Super rad. Go sign up at mcshoptees.com by the end of the month so you do not miss this Spoken Dagger shirt. The shirt Next month will be designed by Gorgeous George, who has knocked it out of the park every time he's done the shirt for me. Every fucking flyer you've seen him, seen him do. And I don't know if you're familiar with his magazine. It's fucking badass. So check out Gorgeous George on the gram. You'll know you want the shirt. If you're, you know, Dude, just, just go fucking sign up, dude. You're not going to want to miss this shirt. Um, that's uh, that's not it, dude. That is not it. We're giving away shovel head motor at the end of the year, built by Boston Billy down at B&B Racing in Metairie, Louisiana. Dude, the same guy that builds my motors that I have been fucking just straight up abusing, like literally abusing these motors, and they just keep on fucking ticking. Every time I think I fuck it up, I, do, I it's not what happens. So, dude, the guy's badass, and I got a shovel head motor to give away. You just have to go to DangerDanceTalkShop.com, click on the Patreon support tab, simply donate $5 through Patreon. You could donate $10, and for every every $5, so if you donate $10, you got two entries each month that you donate, $5. Wait, fuck. Each $5 is an entry, so go to Patreon, sign up. Every once in a while, there's some exclusive podcasts that get dropped out there. I haven't done one in a minute, but, you know. There's, there's a possible, like, if there's any shit that's, like, a little bit too, that, you know, if I'm not sure it should be open to the public, that's where I put it. And just know that when I think that, it's, you know, fuck, it's good. It's real fucking good. And on top of that shovel head motor, I've got a, uh, a lowbrow customs Frisco sporty tank that Chemical Candy Customs will be putting his iconic flames on, dude. That's right. He's going to paint this motherfucker, and we're going to give that away as well. Don't fuck around and miss out. DangerDanceTalkShop.com. I also, next week, have a $100 gift card for Lowbrow Customs to give away to one of you lucky Patreon supporters. Another cool thing Lowbrow is doing, they are now sending an appreciation pack to every MC shop that is featured throughout the year. The first shop that they've donated a pack to was Chris Drew from Spoken Dagger. Uh, it worked out. They are actually, you know, Chris is a Chris is part of the lowbrow family, if you will. And, you know, it's cool. It's, this is going to be cool. 
I would like to grow this appreciation pack that we give these shops. So if you own a company that makes cool shit and you want to show your support to all the local shops around the country, get at me. I would love to make a badass appreciation pack and present it to each one of these shops. So, you know, fucking slide into the DMs, as they say, and let's make these shops know how appreciated they are. MCShopTees.com, DangerDanceTalkShop.com. All right, this time we're getting into it. Chris Drew, Spoken Dagger. Come on. Hello? Check one. <laughs> All right, well, um... Yeah, I got it figured out. I don't know exactly what caused this situation, but uh, you were telling me about going to school and your sportster proposing to your wife yeah, and planning on going back to Buffalo. Yeah, so the plan was to come back to Buffalo and just, you know, work a shitty job and have the... Like when you say shitty job, you just mean something outside of the motorcycle industry, right? Yeah, something that I'm not passionate about, you know, yeah. something I'm just, I'm paying my bills and I can afford my toys. Because you wanted the more track. motorcycles, right? Correct, yeah. I mean, I had I only had two then, so I needed more. <laughs> <laughs> I actually yeah. bought a shovel. I bought an 84 FLH when I was in Orlando. It was like, it was like a Road King, basically, it had bags on it and a windshield. Was it the FLH or the FLT? It was FLH. Yeah. 84 shovel. One of these days, yeah. I'm going to have an 84 shovel. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's the birth of your bike. What I really want, so that was the first year of the soft tail. First year of the Evo. Right. And mm -hmm. most people I've talked to, the, Every soft tail frame came out with an Evo motor because that was the new frame. We're putting the new motor in it. Right. But a guy down the street, <clears throat> old biker Bill, the wizard, he says he owned a dealership at that point that he got in one soft tail in 84 that had a shovel head motor in it. Oh, shit. Yeah, so yeah, that's my goal that. to find a, <laughs> a factory shovel head soft tail from 1984. That's a good goal. And my, my birth year is 87, and I don't want any of the bikes from that year. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, dude. Uh, maybe maybe the FXRT if I had to pick one, but. Dude, that, I mean, just a fucking, I, w I want an Evo Road King. Just a black Evo Road King, like a beater yeah. bike, you know, like. Yeah, I, I just picked up a 94 uh, FXDL, so Evo Dyna Lowrider. Oh, yeah. Which is, dude, I drove by this house. I was in the middle of nowhere. Like, there's this little towns outside of, outside of Buffalo in the hills. And I was helping a buddy move, and I drove by it, and, I, and the sign said 94 Softail, 14,000 miles. Damn. Uh, as, I, as I drove by, I'm like, it, it had dual-disc front brakes on it. And I look back, I'm like, that's a super glide. That ain't a Softail. So I just, like, kind of busted a UE, took a picture of the bike, took a picture of the sign, and left. And I just wanted to use that to, like, make jokes on the internet about people selling stuff, you know. <laughs> what were they asking for it? 
there was no price okay. and just a phone number. Um, later on, maybe like a uh, like two or three days later, I called and the guy you were, was asking. You were, you were working on your first meme, and you're like, I had to figure out what they're asking for this thing first. Yeah, just exactly doing some research. Yeah, some reference he was, numbers. He was actually he was asking six, which I, was reasonable considering I figured it was going to be like. I don't know, some astronomical number because of what he thought it was. Yeah. I don't know. So he said six. I was like, oh, that's cool. All right. Yeah. I'll, uh, thanks. <laughs> I wasn't really, I wasn't looking for a bike. I've been wanting a bigger, a bigger bike. Cause I've just been cruising, uh, sporties basically. I had a Dyna at one point, I had the shovel and I had a, I had an electric light at one point, a 91. And I just, I don't know, just trying stuff out, see what I really feel at home on. Yeah. And I ended up with a 98 XLS, um, Sports or Sport. And I put a, a fair share of parts into that, one of, one of the Gigastat front ends, or Gigacycle garage front ends. Yeah. Um, chain drive, 19-inch rear wheel. The works. You got a 19 and, in the back, huh? Yeah, 1919. And it was kind of goofy. There's not really a good tire selection for that setup. Not for street. Just, yeah, no, I just put some flat track tires on it and yeah. ended up doing that. You know, I got a 130 like front tire for probably a bigger bagger or something. And thinking a 130s, you know, that's the regular width of a rear tire, anyways. But when you put it on a 19-inch rim like that, it sucks it right in. And it was like, it looked, I'll send you photos one day. It looks so stupid. <laughs> on the back of your bike? <laughs> yeah, dude. It was straight up like like a pook moped fucking rubber band tire. It was so little and narrow. and But I'll give it this, like 95 miles an hour through the Adirondacks and banging turns on it. It felt like I was on rails. Like that tire did not flex at all. No shit. Yeah, so I liked it. It just was, it looked so stupid. Um, but anyways, yeah, I fucking, I, someone's hit me up about doing some kind of tracker thing with their bike and that, talking about brakes. So I show him a photo of mine and he just, he goes, what, what, you going to sell that thing? I was like, um, I'd take 55 for it. And he fucking jumped on it. So it was like two weeks later. I was like, hold on. I was like, if, if there's a bike that I saw still around, I'll do this. And I called that guy, and he had it still. <laughs> no shit. So, I got I got the Dyna for fifty two fifty, which was pretty sweet. And yeah, it, it was owned by two really old guys. Um, I bought the guy I bought off was eighty eight. No shit. Yeah, and he was he's like I can't ride anymore. Yeah, uh, I just no want to I want to work on my car, and he has like a twenty nine Ford something. Um, insane old cars. He's got like a, a garage out there with. A bunch of old cars in it. Yeah, you gotta, keep, not a you gotta keep keep that relationship yeah. up. Yeah, I told him as soon as I uh, next summer I'll come out and give him a visit and stuff. See if he's still kicking. So do some heavy lifting for him. You need to go there yeah. and send some work, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was living with his son, so oh, okay. I'm not gonna put in too much work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, fuck his son's what, probably 60-something? Yeah, he's probably early, maybe late 50s. He looked in good shape. It looked like he, he's like frequents the gym. He was in good shape. <laughs> <laughs> he must work out. Yeah, he must. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, you got a yeah, fucking Dyna. Yeah, I got an Evo Dyna, and it's... Is that rubber-mounted, or is that... Yeah, yeah, it's rubber-mounted. Okay. Yeah, I guess all the Dynas are rubber-mounted, huh? 
Right. Yep. Never had a Dyna. Had a Softail, Ultra Classic, Sportster, and a fucking chopper. Have you ever ridden one of the rubber mounted sporties, fuel injected? Yeah, I have. I actually built a race bike out of one to go Hell to yeah. Mama Tried last year. Like I literally okay. built a race bike in like three days. And it wasn't yeah. my bike, dude. Borrowed it from a friend of mine. And just slapped a bunch of parts on it. Dude, I, yeah, fuck. I went through the Lowbrock catalog and Hell, got everything, That's dude. What you and do. To, to make it chain drive, there was like, you know, that was a fucking yeah. challenge with, you know, three days. I don't even know that I had three days. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's the easy. If you're going to pick something to chain drive, the sporty would be the one to do it too. But it was a rubber mounted fuel injected. So there were, it didn't just like bolt right up like a, uh, like a solid mounted sportster. Yeah. But it you worked. Have to run a, and it ran fucking great. At all? I was looking forward to racing that bike at Mama Tried and then they canceled it. Like, and then it canceled. Right yeah. as I got yeah. there. That's, that's right. In Milwaukee, right? That's right. Oh, man. What was what were the general reactions like over there when that happened? Well, <clears throat> I think there was a lot of people that were that were surprised. You know, like it didn't really surprise me at all, but there were some people that weren't happy. I wasn't, you know, I was upset that we weren't going to race, but you know, there were some people that were upset and people on their way yeah. that were upset. There were people there were people that weren't even there that were upset. You right. know, and I'm sure it's cuz they you know, they fucking invested some time and some money into being a part of that and going to mm -hmm. it. And then it got canceled last minute. Uh, you know, and the reason it got canceled last minute is because they tried everything they fucking possibly could to make it not get canceled. And, right. uh, and in the end, it was out of their control. So, but there were some I, people that weren't happy. Oh, uh, for sure. Like, but, yeah. I mean, dude, the people that still showed up, I mean, we still fucking partied the whole weekend. You know, like, yeah, it looked like a good ass time. It was like, I mean, that was the, I went to a lot of events last year and what was cool about those events was the people that did show up were like the, the ride or die motherfuckers. They weren't, mm -hmm. they didn't have the ride or die stickers. That's just what they are. They're like, no, no, right. we're going to ride. If we die, we fucking die. You know, like, exactly. Yep. And it, it kind of, you know, it, it just kind of trimmed off some of the fat, you know, like exactly. it was the first year at Sturgis where I was like, Damn, I don't even want to ride back through Colorado where I just get fucking, you know, looks of shame everywhere I fucking stop, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> shame. Shame. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so, you know, you know, I know you say you didn't go anywhere, but I did. And it was a fucking magical year on that side of things. Now, I understand that not everybody's experience was the same. and Right. But. Hey, I mean, if I... I don't, I don't know what happened to me, but, you know, mental illness is a real thing, I guess, right? Oh, no, it really is. Uh, <laughs> it absolutely is. Um, and there's so many different levels of it. Mm -hmm. uh, it creeps up on you. Which, you know, it's not something that you're aware of, you know, right. until it's pretty deep. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah no, man. Milwaukee was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we fucking... I miss one race. Dude, they ended up setting up in the parking lot of the Forum in this, like, construction zone and having a race. I've seen that, like a mini bike race or, like, actual... Fucking full-on big bikes, Yeah, dude. I think I saw them racing, yeah. You know? Man, it was probably way more fun 
doing all that than the actual event might have actually been. I mean, you know, I it think probably felt the, more more outlaw feeling like. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely had it had a, yeah. the feeling was you know, and what was cool is the town, you know, it's Milwaukee, dude. They don't give a shit, you know, like. Yeah, they live and breathe Harley Davidson over there. Yeah, so no, it was good. It was it was real good. How do we get to Mama Tried from your fucking rubber mounted Dyna? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we were talking about rubber mounted sportsters and how I built that race bike. Yeah, so I yeah, raced. Them. I was in Vegas the weekend before racing the Mint 400, hardest thing I've ever fucking done. Amazing. Did and you then, blow your uh, bike up then? Do what? Did you you blow your bike up in that race? I didn't even, dude. It still ran when I got back to Texas, but there was no power. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. sand had been through. Toasted it. Yep. And uh, yeah, we're actually gearing up to go race it again in a couple weeks. Damn, it's already that close, huh? Well, they you know they canceled it at, or they postponed it. You know, the race normally happens in February or March. Okay. So right. they postponed it to December, the same fucking weekend as Mama tried. <laughs> that, well, I mean, that's been happening a lot. This whole, I mean, the past three weeks, there was some shit going on every week and multiple events going on. Yeah, because everybody postponed their shit from yep. the spring to the fall and the fall of yeah, still happened. And I remember saying in the spring, I'm like, man, this, this coming fall is going to be crazy. People trying to go do stuff. It that's exactly been. what happened. Dude, I thought I was going to have <clears throat> take the month of November off. And I literally have every, after this coming week, I'm going to go to the river and go fishing with my kids this weekend. And then every weekend after that till Christmas, I got something going on. It's funny how that stacks up too, right? Dude. Well, and I get care. I'm like, oh, November, I'm not doing anything. I can do that. I'll, I'll go to Cleveland, you know? Oh yeah, I'll go do that. What do I got after Cleveland? I got, oh, I got just kickers <laughs> after Cleveland. So are you coming to Cleveland? I am coming to Cleveland. Hell yes. Yeah, I did. I fucking last minute. Uh, my buddy Randall, he was like, he just keeps reminding me, like, hey, dude, I'll, I got fucking access to tickets, dude. You want to fly somewhere? You let me know. And I was like, <laughs> yes. Mikey hit me up. And I, he asked if I was coming up there. I was like, fuck, no, I'm not coming to Cleveland in November. You know, it's way <laughs> too cold to ride up there. <laughs> and then I started thinking, I was like, fuck, I kind of want to go see Pat's new shop. You know, Pat just opened up a new shop down there in Dayton. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I'm doing. I'm going to fly to Dayton and hang out with those guys for a couple days and then ride to Cleveland with Pat. Hell yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. Borrow one of his yeah. bikes. No, I'm sure we'll be in the fucking rig, dude. Oh, I thought you said you were flying. Well, I'm flying to Dayton. And oh, you're going to, oh yeah, uh, he's going to set up and everything. Yeah, he's so. got to set up. So yeah. I'm like, I'm going to be, he's probably going to put me to work. He's like, oh great, dude. Yeah, come on. Yeah, set I up got, to, I got shit for set you, up. dude. <laughs> But you, I don't know if you've ever been with Pat at one of his events. If you're going to fucking help a company out at an event, it's fucking lead sled, dude. Yep. Let me tell you what. It's fucking gold. I love those guys. Yeah, they're good people. I mean, Dayton in general, man. So many good dudes that come out of that, that town. Yeah, I just featured last month's shop. Was, or this yeah. month's shop is fucking Dirty's Chop Shop. Yeah, the Chop Shop. Did you see that T-shirt? Yes, I did. Dude, what I'm a fucking rap, I don't have dude. it. <laughs> I, uh, I, si I signed up late. Did you? You signed up? I signed up and I signed up late. Oh, you fucked up, dude. That's the thing about this MC Shop Tees. The way I've got it set up is like, 
<clears throat> you know, you just got to be signed up or there's, you know, there's no yeah, guarantee. I love that. I ordered extras, but the, most of the extras go to the shop. So, yep. and I asked the shop, hey, don't, <clears throat> the only thing I ask is don't sell them online. You can give yeah, them away and you can sell them in the shop, but like, yeah. you know, there's got to be some uh, incentive to get signed up to support exactly. all the shops. I love it. I think it's a, a really good idea. And I, the, the whole, I don't know how it's not more popular than it is already. Well, because you've got somebody like me who's like, <laughs> you know, I just, I'm not like a business. Like, you know, when you, when you decide, and I'm sure you've experienced this. <clears throat> well, I guess you had a little insight working for that guy. But when you start a business, like your own business, what you end up doing is managing a business and doing all the shit that you wanted to not do by starting your business. Correct. You know, like yeah. all the back end shit, like, you know, mornings are for spreadsheets now, you know, like, <laughs> in the summertime, you know, I do it when it's hot out, but like there's fucking spreadsheets involved. Like, you know, there's just a bunch of shit that <laughs> I forget, you know. Good. See, I, I, man, I am not organized enough. When I'm trying to change, like, so the, the model of MC Shop Tees is going through a change. And you're the first shop that's getting the benefit. So I decided early on, like, once I kind of got things going that, you know, the, the only way I really support shops besides sending out T-shirts and making a couple posts uh, was sending some T-shirts to the shop, which, you know, everybody's been stoked about. Now, like, that's not enough. Right. But I said to myself, when I get to 500 customers... I'm going to send the shop $500 and some t-shirts, right? Okay. You're That's like, wait awesome. a second. I didn't get 500 bucks. <laughs> it's because, well, things change, dude. So instead of giving the shop $500, I decided I'm going to pay somebody. In your case, it was Liam. Yep. Hopefully that That's will perfect. continue. Pay him to go there and take photos of the shop, right? Yep. And then yep. also pre he presented you with a, a lowbrow appreciation pack, right? Yes. Uh, what a great gift. So the, the idea is to slowly get other businesses or companies involved, and I want that appreciation pack to end up being something that we're trying to figure out how to ship the whole fucking thing. You know, like Liam's yep. got, Liam can't even show up on his chopper anymore because he's got so much shit to bring to the shop to take photos. <laughs> yeah, he had a whole truckload of stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> I, I really want, I mean, I want to really give back to all the shops. So, so you're the first shop, you know, I broke 500 last month uh, and, you know, people slough off. Uh, I don't even know that it's at 500 right now, but it's, it's right on the line. Yeah, I'm sure it'll it'll uh, fluctuate. Yeah, it, obviously. it goes up and down. There's like a wave, but anyway. So yeah, I sent him to you to take photos, and before now, nobody knew what the shop was until after the T-shirt had showed up, right? Right. So yep. every post I've ever made until recently was, "Hey, look at what you can't have. Exactly. Check out this shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we featured them, and then we've made a cool shirt, but you can't have it." Right, you, know, you, you have to out. sign up to see what you might get. <laughs> like, you know, again, I really like the surprise element. And the lady that built my website, Natalia, she is a fucking godsend. She had this idea fucking probably in the beginning when we set it up. Like, hey, you should do more ahead of time to promote the shop that's coming up. And I'm like, no, I want it to be a surprise, you know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, now it's the artwork in the T-shirt, it's still a surprise. You don't know what color. You don't know what the art's going to look like. But this is a way for me to showcase you. As soon as 
Liam gets back and I get all the photos over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to, you know, tell people about Spoken Dagger. We're doing it with this yeah. podcast. And yeah, then yeah. he's going to write up a little bio interview article and we're going to start yeah, a blog just, on the page. He just sent me some questions. Yeah, did he? Cool. Yep. Yeah, and in that way there's like a a good page on the website that like shows all the past shops, where they're located, what they specialize in and in good high quality pictures. So Yeah, that is that's going to look real nice. I think so. I think yeah. it's uh It's going to yeah, be he sweet. Came in, his his whole thing man he came in and he banged it out i mean he did and he's asking what what are we proud of what should we really photo and and he was, he was really getting into it got some good portraits of us and i think it's going to be really cool especially you like mix that with a blog with all the with the questions he's asked and uh you know, it'll look really really Dude, awesome especially when you start getting i can't wait to see what questions up. he asks and what's he <laughs> what he writes you know like yeah i mean they're they're the basic questions but yeah I I already I was writing them out at work and I just like you know go off on tangents when I'm talking so that's probably what most of the questions are they're paragraphs not not single sentence answers for them. <laughs> I can't wait to see what he comes up with and I'm glad that you you and your wife are stoked to be a part of it. Yeah, uh, I'm stoked, stoked to have you guys you know be a featured shop and yeah. and you know you're a little different than most shops I featured. That's right. Uh, we don't do any repairs. You don't do any repairs, but what you do do, you do do. You, I hope you I do do. 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 Uh, is you're teaching people how to wrench on bikes. Yeah. Providing these classes, these workshops. Tell me about that. How did yeah, that come? They come are alive? super fun. Let me tell you this. They are. I never thought that I would like it as much as I did. Um, it, like I'm. I don't know. Teaching sounds scary, and I don't think I. And qualified to teach <laughs> anything, but then when you when you when you compare it to like someone who I don't know has never even looked at oil before or touched a wrench before, um, then there's some there's some good that can be done. So we do a, a six week course. It's twice twice a week, like a three hour course, and it covers everything from so you do theory. Two Twice a week, three three hours each time. Yep. Damn. Yeah, Tuesday nights and and Thursday nights was was when we did it before. We might we might start switching up times and and maybe running multiples. Dep it, it all all depends on on uh, what our schedules can look like. So yeah. um, we've had some requests for like weekend classes or or like eight hour classes through through two days or some something like that. So I don't know. We're, we've got ideas written down. We're just trying to weed out some what we want to do with it all. Yeah. But I there was a course here that that like um I don't know if you guys have like BOCES or like little technical schools that like train kids and adults. But there was one here that had a motorcycle course in it and my wife took it. And it was it was eight weeks, twice a week, same kind of deal. And uh, yeah, they teach you basic maintenance of stuff but what they did was sorry what they did was they worked on a norton <laughs> one, of, one of the dudes had a norton oh that's, some, that's some take home experience yeah i don't, right I don't there. it might have been a commando i don't think it was though so whatever they worked on they were doing all this stuff uh playing with the points 
talking about electrical and my, my wife would come home and be like, I want to do this. And I'm just like, none of our bikes have any of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. She's got electronic ignition. <laughs> Battery positive is, uh, you know, what is that? What is Norton's positive ground? Yeah. Well, I don't you know, some I crazy don't really shit. Like shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, uh, it was funny. And, and she would come home and there, there was like four people in the class and they would skim over stuff. And I just thought when she would show me what she learned and the notes she took, it felt, I don't know. Not as practical as what you could do. Not yeah. And if you went there on a mission to be like, I want to work on bikes but I want to get my hands dirty first and then maybe I can get into a shop, get my foot in. I don't think it was enough of like a confidence builder, you know? Gotcha. I mean, for, for, for someone to walk into a shop and say, let me sweep the floors. That's like a rarity. People don't fucking do that anymore. I know some people like that. Yeah. That's, that is like, I, I for one believe in that being the best way to learn anything is just shut your mouth do the bare minimum there for work and and just listen to what guys yeah, got to say. Do whatever they ask exactly. until you prove your worthiness to be asked to do something of importance. Yep. And if I, I think back to like being a teenager in early 20s and getting factory jobs, sweeping the floors, I kind of wish I just stepped foot into a motorcycle shop. I had I didn't have motorcycles in my life. Like no, no one in my family really did. My uncle had a soft tail at one point, but no one was really like an enthusiast. No one rode all the time. Yeah. So I, I grew up racing BMX and that's, I kind of, it made me always want a motorcycle in my late teens. I, I kind of forgot about it. And then when I, you know, had uh, got my own house, I kind of started looking at bikes and that's when I picked up that sporty. Nice. So, so anyways, the goal of your the class, course. are you, are you teaching people to be confident and willing to work on their own stuff? Or are you tr is it more of like laying foundation work for these people to go on and learn more from other people or to get a job in the industry or it's, it it's very much It's very much both. So I'm, I'm pretty confident that when you leave that course, you could go and someone could, could ramble off a bunch of stuff about what was happening with their bike and, their, and, and what's going on in the motor and the person listening will understand it. Um, so I teach all the theory, basically how everything works, what it's supposed to do, uh, all the technical terms, everything crank, connecting rods, pistons, all the stuff that most people, you know, if, you, if you're not a motorhead or anything, you wouldn't know. Yeah. Um, I, I got a whole set of tools that I let people touch and we talk about what each tool is, what they're all called, why you would use them. And then we go into every... Uh, system of the bike so from suspension chassis stuff we talk about tires we talk about different types of wheels and benefits of both talk about transmission stuff primary stuff how the clutch works um, and then we get into doing oil changes valve adjustments cam chain adjustment um, just the general maintenance of it uh, checking your belt doing alignment if you have a chain doing chain cleaning your chain um, the importance of, of the checklist you do on your bike before a trip. We actually talk about like moto camping and how to pack. It's just like a lot of, it's a, it's a drink from the fire hose and, and <laughs> That's a good way to put it. 
drink definitely, from this fire hose. Yeah. It's, and it, we have printouts. I got PowerPoints. I got cool videos bookmarked that really explain in depth how stuff works. Um, we, do, we go over pretty in depth on how carburetor works so that um, you know, at least have an understanding if you're having an issue. What I would love need. to take this class. <clears throat> Dude, it's it's simple. I mean, give give me a fucking hour. Yeah. Um, it's it's really not as crazy as you think. No, but I mean, I I it it would be cool to see that you know to see the way you right. explain it. You know, yeah. hear it from a different perspective. <clears throat> you know, learning on the fly and making some assumptions along the way. You know, like Correct. on how I. Well, this is what I think is happening with the carburetor. You know, like, I don't know yep. for sure. You know, like the accelerator. Like, I, I kind of <laughs> think I get it. But it, a lot of that stuff is never, like, you know, been explained right. to me by somebody who knows. You know, right. so now, now over time, yes, a, a lot of stuff has. Um, but, you know, it's always good to hear somebody else's explanation. Um, right. When it, and, like, I think the way that. I'm not, I'm not calling myself an expert on any of this stuff. And I, I have a ton to learn, but for the, for the absolute basics, like how it works, how it works, why it works, I can explain all that. And I do it so in a way so that you can understand it. And when you understand how it works, then you start realizing, okay, oh yeah, when I adjust this, it only affects a certain thing. I bet you that mechanics appreciate you. Just for the people like in your class that have a problem, they can properly explain the problem to the guy that may be wrenching on their bike. You know, say they're not, say there's something that's out of their wheelhouse, but they can at least talk and explain. You know, a lot of, pro- like a lot of things with the mechanics is the communication of what's going oh, yeah. on. You know, like yeah, my buddy talks about, you know, when Jake calls me up because some dude on his CVO comes in, you know, <laughs> tells him one thing. And doesn't tell him about all the other shit that he doesn't right. think is causing the problem anyways. <laughs> and he has yeah, to slowly like, find out all this shit. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's been happening the whole time, too. But but I'm worried about this. And he's like, are you <laughs> fucking, how can you yeah. say that it's at the lights and stuff are blinking, but you don't think it's the battery? You know, like, right. <laughs> you know, I can imagine that just having that knowledge helps these people communicate, be able For to sure. communicate what problems that may arise. To somebody sure. that made no more. Yeah, and that's like a huge, I call it um, text support, but spelled T-E-C-H-X-T. When you got dudes sending text messages to you about their bike fucking up and all you can do is assume that everything is working how it's supposed to be and what they're saying is the only issue <laughs> and it's just never the case. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and it's always always fun to find out. I have a few friends. I, mean, I love doing it. I'll run into a problem and I'll fucking text or call somebody and tell yeah. them such stuff, and they're like, uh, you know, I could try to help you. And they remind me, like, hey, you know, me not being there, being able to yep. twist the throttle, <laughs> I, you know, what I'm going to say here isn't, you know, it yeah, may all, or may they, not all, be all right. they can really do is go through what they think they would do in according to what you're explaining. Yeah. So, well, and I've gotten yeah. better over time at putting things together, you know, and like, but it's taken a lot of time to accumulate the knowledge yeah. just to talk about what problems I may be facing, right. you know? And you might have had a problem and, and sorted it out. And in hindsight, maybe you still don't even know really what caused the problem and it, and it just ironed itself out. And 
still like the background information of what is going on is a, is irrelevant, I guess, in that in that situation. Well, but. you know, it's, it reminds me of like when I first started doing the road shows. Are you familiar with my road shows? Yes, I am. Like what I did in Nepal. So yeah. like riding, you know, the 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 show started with or the first road show was me riding my shovelhead chopper to Daytona. Now, I had done some smaller trips before that on the chopper. Uh, I don't know where, but I think maybe that wasn't even. Anyways, that was the first <laughs> trip I did the road show. And I still had a lot to learn. I still do. But, like, when something would go wrong, like, talking about it, you know, in real time, recording what I think may be yeah. going on, what I'm experiencing. And then you fast forward to finding out, like, what exactly was <laughs> happening. Okay, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but I recorded it. And then when I get right, home, so I have you... to listen back to the dumb <laughs> shit I thought it was to begin with. And it's like, I don't even want to put, I don't even want to let people know that I thought that it was this when it ended up being that, you know? But it was yeah. like, no, I just, hey, people it. will relate. People have experienced these things before. Uh, now, dude, everyone relates to everything. And that's, you know, Instagram and, and social media, it's like the highlight reel of your life. You don't have mistakes on there. So, to, to open up and be real and show, like, I fucked up. This is what I thought it was. It wasn't doing that. It's just, I it's find that my fuck ups get way more attention than anything else, you know? Like, oh, for sure. I always tell people, like, anything that bad happens to me on my motorcycle trip, it's like really good. It's honestly, it's good for my listeners, you know? Like, <laughs> the more shit that I have to trudge through, the, you know, there's, there's an entertainment value that, yeah, for sure. It's a, it's content, man. And it's, it, it's, it's, Food for people who are just, I don't know, who listens to the road show while you're, you're working or driving or, you know, you're bored if you're listening to stuff. Yeah, I got to figure out how to bring that back. You know, when I had, when I was doing it with the music, it just worked so well. Mm -hmm. um, but that kind of, I've got a handful of cease and desist letters. So I had, course, yeah. I had to pull that, which I, you know, I can't blame. It, that's a whole different conversation. I understand yeah. why I'm getting. I mean, I knew that right. I was going to get them at some point. I honestly was shocked. <laughs> you know, the fact that it took so long to get them. I'm like, these shows must not be getting that many listens. You know, <laughs> like, I obviously am not doing very good because I haven't gotten in trouble for this. But also, I've, I've got my shit dialed pretty good. You know, like I got a I got a great motor guy. I'm aware of things to check and maintain and be prepared mm -hmm. for before I leave. You know, like I can get my bike pretty road ready and be very confident to go yeah. almost yeah, anywhere. I mean, you gotta be, especially riding an old bike like that. Like you already, you already know the quirks of it and you already kind of have a sense of what, what is possibly going to fail. Oh yeah. But then there's always the surprise. No, there is definitely surprises. The surprises yeah. lately have been fucking almost catastrophic. You know, Ugh. like yeah. the frame breaking down to <laughs> snapped in half going down the L.A. freeway. Great. You know, like, <laughs> frame cracked on the way back from Mexico. Great. Did you notice the frame cracked while you were riding or did you notice after the fact? Oh, no. The frame. I noticed the frame cracked when I left. When I was leaving Texas, it was like. There was a fucking, there was a certain range of RPMs where the vibration was really violently. bad. And I kept yeah. looking at it. Now, it was really fucking cold that trip. This was last December. And, mm -hmm. but I kept looking at it. And I'm like, man, it just doesn't feel right. And, but I never <laughs> saw it until I was going down the 405 or 505 or whatever the fuck it was. And, uh, 
And then it got really fucking bad, you know, like <laughs> really bad. He caught an RPM range that just yeah, the whole RPM range at that up. point was it yeah, was in it. Geez. So, but you know, it kept going down the road. I still I kept going down the freeway, and you know, I went to my, went to Grant's house and uh, and got off the bike and parked it, and and it was obvious. It was pretty easy to see. It was like right in yeah. front of the motor, the fucking frame <laughs> tube split in half. Awesome. And then the same thing happened coming back from Mexico this last trip. Uh, actually, not this last trip because I just came back from Mexico yesterday. But <laughs> the trip before that, it was there was a weird vibration at a certain RPM, and we were getting close to my buddy Nacos in Arizona. And I was like, "Man, Nacos got a welder. He's got a way to fix this." I sat in the. I just rode down the highway in the RPM range that the vibration was the worst, <laughs> just so that hoping it would show itself because I'd been looking at it at every gas station i had been eating mushrooms too so i wasn't sure if the yeah. vibration was like from the earth you know or <laughs> if it was coming from my chopper uh and then at the last gas stop i'm laying on the ground and nako's like what are you doing i'm like dude i'm 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 fi- i'm doing the same thing i want everybody here to do is look at my bike and see yeah, if we can't find, find this crack before i leave you and your welder behind and hit west texas and uh, we found it the little cross member underneath the transmission you know that connects to the the down Oops. tube it had cracked there and, and awesome. then when i finally took it all apart a couple of weeks ago or i guess a couple of months ago i uh i noticed that the, the 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 transmission plate mount off the seat post it was all fucking broke hmm. i just i had to weld a bunch of shit together there yeah recently. so you got able to get in there and finally get it all taken yeah. care of well you know and it's taken care of for now you know like right yep. fucking thing's gonna break again uh, <laughs> so but yeah that, that's the kind of shit i run into now which yeah. is great for road shows whatever oh yeah and i mean anyone you ever talk to when they talk about taking a trip um they'll skim over the fact that riding was really awesome and the weather was perfect the real story is the breakdowns they had the people they met through it, who helped them out. Yeah, like that, absolutely. That's where all the stories come from. Yeah, we, the, the things that the road provide that you weren't looking for. Right. When you and that's all, what's crazy is that all that stuff is the stuff that everyone's afraid of and why some people never set out on that adventure. Well, and I think what control. you're doing is just giving people enough knowledge to be present-minded and aware of the things that can happen. And the simplicity of what it is, really. You know, right. like, short of, like, a blowout or getting hit by a truck, you know, <laughs> the things that happen out there are, you know, they're, it's fixable. It's all things yeah, that can usually, be fixed. Usually, it's, on the, for the most part, it's all dumb stuff that's fixable if a bolt fell out or something. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, so. most of the shit that I've experienced on the road, you know, people say, oh, you're fucking riding that old shovel head. Like, I bet all sorts of sh- Everything that happens to me is stuff that would happen on any bike. Except for, right. like, what I experience the most of is battery failure and switch failure. Mm-hmm. So I eliminated the switch by using what I've, what I've decided to term the Nako key. Because that's what Nako uses. It's just a flat fuse. That's yep. my key. And Perfect. But batteries are, bat- the vibration from the batteries just kill them now right now yeah. i've got like a fucking serious foam uh encapsulated like a yeah got and that, foam. is that 
how long have you had running that? Uh, it f- the battery quit working the first day <laughs> I left my house. Dude, I'm gonna say this about batteries, right? Ignorance is bliss. Okay, I never once had a battery problem until I learned about batteries and the problems you have. <laughs> Dude, I used to put my bike in the garage for winter. We get six months of winter here, right? Yeah. I would put it in the garage, not fucking touch it, sit there, not on a charger, nothing. Come springtime, fire that fucker up and ride it. No Tinder so, or nothing? Nothing. And I did that for three years or so and never had an issue. That battery lasted five years and slowly died. I mean, it, was, it slowly died to the point where I would ride it and plug it in when I got home. And if I didn't do that, it would be like half dead in the morning. So I'd like keep it plugged in overnight and I'd go out and ride. It would last all day. And by the end of the day, it would be starting. It would start, but it would be cranking slow. Wow. Um, and it and wasn't your charging finally, system. Had nothing to do with your charging nothing system? Nothing to do with charging. And it was all battery. And uh, finally got a new battery after a while. Like, I just waited for it to take a shit, basically. And it, it did, did one night when I was... the same fucking brand battery? It was a Harley battery. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So I, I, since then, I've believed in Harley batteries, but hell yeah, I've also had, I've I've also had Harley batteries die a day a day later, you know. Yeah. And so I remember one, an old dude said to me once, "Just because it's new doesn't mean it's good." So I never trusted batteries ever since, and they're they're the number one thing I have issues with. Dude, I think that you just got a fucking rare gem of a battery to begin with. Yeah, that was nice. And but like I said, like friends of mine that. They'll just be neglecting their bikes. Yeah, it fires right up every spring. And I'm just like, yeah, it's awesome. Don't think about it. <laughs> yeah, don't even, you don't even want to tell them about it. Fuck. No. Yeah, just yeah, ignore that's it. That's how You're all good. batteries are. Of course it does. <laughs> no, it's not, dude. What have you ran a lithium battery? Yeah, and I fucking uh oh actually no. I yeah, I ran it and it had a um it had like a safety shutoff on it, which was cool. Cause I was getting overcharging. My regulator took a shit and, and it kept shutting off. Man, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And I, I looked, I hooked it up and I was at like high 15 volts and they just, those are super sensitive to overcharging. Yeah, they will fucking blow up, dude. Yeah. They, I've, uh, happened to one of my friends here. Hey, everybody shit. knows somebody who's had a fucking yeah. lithium battery. Oh yeah. You know, if it didn't explode completely, it swelled up and the fucking magic smoke yes. left it. Swell up and smoking everywhere. Yep. Yeah. I couldn't imagine, like, imagine you had one of those in your house on the charger and it fucking blew up. <laughs> uh, it's like fucking one of those vape pens. You heard about those vape pens blowing up in <laughs> yeah. faces? In the, yep, in their face, in their pocket. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so and, yeah well, and now they're building bikes with giant fucking batteries right between their balls, dude. Oh, yeah. That's... I want to ride one. I haven't ridden one yet. Yeah, I've ridden uh, an electric bicycle, like an electric assist bicycle. Yeah, I rode the the Mosh. Uh, what are they called? Harley Serial One Mosh City. What have you seen those? No. The Harley the Harley bicycles that oh, are electric. Oh yeah, I've seen the videos. They make it look like I don't know, like it came from a fucking. What's that network that plays all the corny fucking videos during Christmas and Thanksgiving? <laughs> oh come on! I always make fun of my mother-in-law because she loves that A and E network. You know, where it's just yeah, A and E, the same fucking story, thirty different ways with shitty right. actors from fucking shitty television shows you never watched. 
Oh, yeah. That's what those commercials remind me of. Have you ridden one of those bikes, though? They're kind of sick. Well, I'm, that's fine. I mean, yeah. kind of sick. Hell, my fucking Pan America is really sick when it works. Yeah. In the video they put out for that with these girls, it was fucking terrible. You know, it made, me not, it made me want to get rid of my motorcycle. You know, I'm like, God damn, I don't want to be associated with this. Yep. <laughs> but, good. you know. So it sounds like your class is kind of like, it doesn't cover just Harley specific. You kind of cover all motorcycles. Yeah, because, dude, our first one somehow was perfect. I had a, I had a CB three fifty in there. I had a sporty in there, and everyone in there had either a CB three or four fifty, and or a Sportster or a Dyna that had the same carb as a sporty. Perfect. So like somehow we had 15, 16 people for our first class, and it was Whoa, just oh, like, dude. Yeah, it was. I I don't so want to do that. So you set up much. with like tables and desk chairs, or yeah, yeah, like yeah, a yeah, round yeah. table. How's it set up? Yep. So it, we had. I built four, um, nine foot long tables or ten foot long tables. And we just lined them up in there, you know. And that was pre-COVID. In front of the class. Yeah. Did you have like a laser pointer and shit? I had a laser pointer and I had a PowerPoint and then I had. Some days when we did hands-on stuff, I had separate stations where there's like a clutch basket and all the plates on one side. And uh, so you could play with valves on another bike over here. And we did soldering and all that for wiring. You soldered, Crimping huh? stuff. Yeah, we did soldering, crimping, crimping, and you know, all the fun stuff. All I that. do is crimp. He I trink. don't solder anything. Yeah, all I do is, is twist them together and throw some electrical tape on it. We do it. Well, I, I at least have a good set of crimpers, dude. I mean, come on. That's barbaric. I bet you use one of those wire nuts that's in my house, right? Yeah, yeah, the uh, yellow ones. Yep. That's fucking, I was thinking, the yellow one was in my mind when I said that. Good. Yeah, that's all there is. <laughs> that's fucking funny. So. But yeah, we've had, we've had like, um, I think of that class three people went off and like started working at local shops so oh, the shit. fact that you could take that and at least have the confidence to say hey i want to start a job here and and what what the owner of that shop does with them is is up to them you know at least they're like not so green that you have to explain everything but green yeah, enough at least that, know the vocabulary I right mean, that's exactly like, that goes a long way when you're teaching and that's what I, I that's what i really stress is, is vocabulary and and reading the shop manual like you're um i stress having your your service manual with you when you're doing stuff it's the bible um, if you can if you can navigate that and you can understand the lingo you'll learn a lot faster that's cool and it's it's just super fun, and uh, we have we did one right before COVID. We started one mid COVID and had to stop, and we haven't done one since. But well, have you on. ever thought about like doing them on the road or like doing like maybe doing a pop up one at the shop it's, some other place? I've had a, I've have a few ideas. I'm not sure I want to like a traveling carny. You know, like <laughs> fucking, like a fucking, uh, what do they call them? Like a tent revival thing? Yeah. I mean, we got a lot of feedback from those. And I mean, I don't really want to say, but I have ideas and we're working on stuff. Awesome. We're definitely going to do the courses more and we might be doing more stuff with it. So, but like, like I said, the past year and a half, as soon as we got back from that insane trip, Man, my I don't know what happened. My brain shut off. 
from any kind of ambition. Really? Oh yeah, dude. Like I, I have a, a ton of bikes and a lot of them are neglected right now. And my garage is neglected and I got a bike that's supposed to be in fuel. That's neglected. <laughs> Was it because you're fucking turning your passion into a war- a job? Or is it was it something totally outside the realm of what we're talking I think about? I I think it's I think it was just a mix of of burnout and a mix of the state of the world and the stress and anxiety and anger and crazy feelings I've never even felt or cared about before. Um, and then the counter that with like um, just the stress of other people's opinions of how you should be living your life. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know really. I'm t- you can't be I'm, reading the comments. No, nah, man. I'm, st- I'm st- exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I try not. I try not watching the news. I fucking unfollowed anyone who was posting political shit about everything. Like it got wild for a minute, and I mean, even with like, it was back to back. Like we were shut down for COVID. Like all the city, all the shops were closed. Oh, that and had been such a fucking. Dude, oh man! Somebody telling bro, you you can't be in business. I w- I have never been as mad at the world as I've ever been then. Like, so were you having like, to pay rent? How did that work? Hey, you can't be in business. You know, you obviously yeah, don't own we, this building. So I can't complain a ton because we we did really well during all of that. The stress of having to shut down and deal with all that. But luckily, we are also an online shop, okay. and and so people really, out. yeah, people really showed out to support, and I can't thank everyone enough for that. I mean, without with if we didn't have an online shop, dude, we would have been fucked. Like, and and there's a lot of companies on that street that shut their doors for good. Then and it's it's super sad. I mean, there was a, a book bookstore there they were open for 18 years and they shut they shut the doors and never reopened hey that was <clears throat> that was coming regardless of covid yeah well <laughs> still <laughs> <clears throat> no but you're right i mean a lot of i was talking to my buddy massey about that today like a lot of the really cool things that were just hanging on because you know it's just tough to have yep. cool shit in business these days you know mm-hmm. pre-covid you know covid just wiped that shit out like oh yeah some cool dive yeah, bars, some cool fucking restaurants. Yeah, a ton of restaurants here closed, ton of bars closed, venues, music venues suffered. Oh, it was nuts, and I just, I don't know. And then back to back, we we started having issues with, with violence during the, like, um, the like BLM protests and stuff. Oh, and, fuck. Did that happen down there where you're at? It wasn't super crazy, but media and the fact that majority of our street is like middle-aged white women um it made it everything was like like i was pissed off at the entire fucking street (laughs) we didn't need to shut down we didn't need to board up i helped people board their fucking stores up because they were afraid meanwhile like the people marching are like most of my friends were a part of the protest, you know? So it's just, it was a weird time and I don't know, it's, it weighed on me, you know, and I didn't really feel it then. 
as much as I felt it the past like six months. So it, maybe it's just like, um, what yeah, is that? You're looking back on it all. It's like right. it's like all still coming out. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. So, I w- it, w- it came to a point where I would like I'd work all day and come home and I'd open my garage and just like scoff at what I had to do and just close the garage again. Damn it, Chris. Yeah, dude. And I'm a fucking dude. I'm trying to dig out of it. I feel like I'm I'm coming up and I f- I've been feeling better. I cleaned my garage out. I got shit organized. My tools are back in the toolbox. I got lights up in there. So I'm, I'm on and my you way. You got up. a sick chopper to build. Please tell me your tell the story dude. to my listeners because this is so fucking cool. <laughs> that was a light in a dark time. Let me tell you. Oh my lord! If anything, if you ever want to open a shop, do it in a in a residential neighborhood, just so that you can meet the people of the times in your neighborhood. Straight up, I've got I got two big twins out of literal five square blocks of that neighborhood you've gotten two two and and when we first opened there was a guy coming around who had a 61 uh pan really nice condition he took some of the stock parts off and put like straight pipes on it and he had the tins repainted but aside from that it's all stock damn and he i would actually put i would change his tires every year for him when i was at that other shop and I would joke, like, whenever you're ready to sell it, man, let me know. And he would just laugh about it. And then, um, like, right after Trump got elected, he came into my shop and said he was moving to Spain. Damn. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know if that was related, but it was funny to me. And he put a flyer for his bike on my desk. He was asking, like, 10 for it. Um, and I always said if it was ever under 10, I would sno- scoop it. And I got it, I got it for a pretty good deal, so... Nice. It was that one, and then uh, last year on. What'd you do with Hall- that? Hold on. What'd you do with that one? Was you still have it or what? I, yeah, I still got it. I rode it around, uh, dialed it in pretty good. I mean, I rode it out to Fuel Cleveland a couple times, lowbrow uh, get down, and then I just it's just been chilling. Like I don't want to beat it up, but also I'll ride it. I just haven't touched stuff in a minute. Yeah. I also built around that time. I was building a sporty chopper. And I got that thing finished up, and that thing was a blast to ride. So that's nice. mostly what I was. And then I did the other sporty that had really good suspension, and that was a blast. So I change it up so often, and then things will go untouched. But it's it's chilling there, and my, my garage is dry and clean, so no harm. <laughs> and then you found the chopper. Dude, so I'm at the shop, and I go in maybe every Saturday I'm there, and then maybe a couple of sprinkles of a visit during the week. Cause I also have a full-time job still, but I'm on in there on Saturday. It's Halloween. And this older woman comes in dressed as a, as a swan. Older lady <laughs> dressed up for Halloween. Yep. Okay. And she comes in, she's got a box of Paula Peralta, uh, old skateboard posters and a handful of old bones bearings or something. And I'm just like, what, what's going on here? And she's like, oh, yeah, me and my husband, uh, we owned a skate shop in 1980 for 15 years. And and we were the first first skate shop to carry skateboards in Buffalo. Damn. Like, oh, man, that's super cool. And we had just, um, a skate shop had just opened like two doors down from us. And she was on her way over there to visit and like give him all those gifts, which that was a box of 
70s and or 80s late mid 80s skateboard stuff which is insane um so (laughs) she's she says that her husband passed earlier that year before covid hit she was very upset about it she this is her first time out of the house but she saw the bikes in the window and it reminded her of her husband so she wanted to stop in just to see what we were about and nonchalantly she says he's got an old uh, bike he was working on it was a it's a project it's in it's she said it's a cute little package all wrapped up in, in plastic and in boxes i was like interesting yeah i was like but with like we get stories all the time so like i'm just picturing like a yeah. an early 90s soft tail or something like or, or like, like a, any project like if, if i were to say that about one of my projects Cutely yeah. wrapped up, you know, it would be a fucking pile of just gunk, you know. Like, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm just like picturing sporties, soft tails, stuff that like I just even worse iron heads. Yeah, like an iron head project or something. And I had a guy one time across the street from me come over and tell me he had a shovel head in his garage he's trying to get rid of for two grand. I ran, ran over, over there, there. <laughs> fucking eighty three iron head. Oh yeah. Well, Sick. they, I mean, they used to call those shovel heads. Yeah, they call them shovel heads, sporties. Yeah. So, but anyways, this, so I'm like thinking, you know, same old shit with uh with this woman. She's like 74, suit pretty old. And uh, I'm like, she's like, can I email you? And I give her my email address. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Shoot me some photos. Maybe about a week goes by. She's not. She's she's out there now, like talking to people, and talking about this project. She's trying to sell it, right? And you still haven't gotten an email yet. I still haven't gotten an email yet. So she emails me, hey, you want some photos of this? I was like, yeah, sure. One email at a time I get. First, I get a photo of like a bunch of parts. And I'm looking at it and I see there's there's like a license plate bracket that says shovel head on it. There's... Shovel head exhaust. I can see it's got like the single fl- single bolt flange on it. Um, I'm like, okay, so he's got a shovel, and then I'm like, oh, it's a tin primary there. Uh, there's a rigid sissy bar. I see a rigid mounted seat, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, okay, so she's got something pretty gnarly here. Yeah, she's got at least these parts cool. are, and all the parts are in this photo are brand new looking. And I'm like trying to like date the photo because it was a it was like a scan of a Polaroid or something. <laughs> oh really? So it wasn't like yeah. a digital photo? No, it wasn't. And I'm like, I'm like, man, what are these photos? I'm like, what is this? And I could I'm zooming in and I can see a, like a Sibby headlight box, and I can see a Bates headlight box. I'm just like, holy fuck! <laughs> so the next photo she sends me is of just the VIN number, and it says five three FL. Damn! <laughs> I'm, just, I'm like, I cannot believe what is happening right now. I thought it was a joke. It almost seemed like, like a setup, you know? Yeah. And then the next photo she sends me is of like, the bike in a living room surrounded by boxes, and it's a it's a molded jammer frame, completely painted already. The motors in the frame bolted down, polished cases. Uh, it's a shovel shovel heads on it. And there's, I see there's a, there's a four speed ratchet top sitting there all polished. Oh my I can see, in the, I can see in the background, a Springer front end. It's a jammer front end with, it's got dual disc brakes on it. 
<laughs> and all this is brand new. All of it, I, dude. I'm telling you, as new as the fir- first Sportster I ever bought. Now, did you did you have to restrain? Like, how, what was your response? Like, well, oh, I was you definitely might have rest- something in there. I was restrained, 100. <laughs> percent I didn't know what to do because I was I was broke at the time. I didn't have any money that I want. I could have. Even if I was thinking of a price that she might give it away for, I was like scared of the price that she would give it away for, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. So it was either too good and that if she's been talking about it, it's going to disappear immediately or it's some astronomical number that I'm not even going to be able to come close to making her happy. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, let me let me come check it out. It looks pretty cool, blah, blah, blah. And I go over there and I'm looking at it and... I peek inside the cylinders. They're still shiny in there. The thing's never even been fired. Holy um, shit. The tranny was locked up. I couldn't spin it, but it was very clean. All the seals on it looked new. Everything was like new looking. No marks on the teeth of the sprocket. Never even been ran. Um, and I'm just like kind of looking at the stuff. And I go in the room and, and there's parts everywhere in the room. Like, this is like in bag. her living room still or what? Yeah, dude. So they were, they, it looked like they were, the, the story is so much more. So it looked like they were remodeling an apartment in like mid, like early 80s. And then they just ran out of time because they opened that shop. Oh, and so he just never, shop. yeah, never touched it again. So there's like, if people are into 80s styled um, furniture and stuff, her whole house is just all like, Brand new cabinets, brand new windows, doors, trim, molding, all that kind of stuff. It's all just like still new in packages waiting to be installed. No way. <laughs> and it's a mess. And she's got boxes of all her skateboard stuff there. And she, she wouldn't even let me peek in those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a skateboarder, so I'm not really missing it. But I know there's kids in this city that would be busting nuts over what the fuck is in that place. Yeah. Um. So I'm just looking at stuff and, dude, North Hollywood stamped Paco parts, brand new, wrapped in plastic. Oh, my word. <laughs> Bait stuff in boxes, headlight, uh, mirrors, foot pegs, all in, in boxes or wrapped in plastic. Um, the, a Flanders throttle kit with, with, with grips still sealed in the package. It's like, and I'm just like jaw open, like, what the fuck, lady? <laughs> no way, dude. And it, it was just, it was just super exciting. So I just started making piles, like I'm, I'm moving stuff around. She's like, well, if you want to separate, because he worked on Jaguars too. So not only is there motorcycle parts in there, there's also early, probably 60s or 70s Jaguar stuff there. Wow. And so I'm separating what I can tell is motorcycle stuff versus car stuff. And, dude, everything is there. Everything. Generators there. Brackets to hold it on. Front end. old, Even bearings and neck cups were there. Was um, there any of like, the original parts there? Or was it only mm, new the stuff? Only, the only original thing I found were the uh, one set of panhead rockers. Um. But that's it. And wow. I was like, I, was, I started looking through other boxes in the house to see if I could find, like, maybe he still has the pan now, heads. What is maybe... she thinking at this point? Like, did you tell her, like, 
were you just trying to organize it so you could? Yeah, make I was it just trying to organize or? it to see. I was just trying to organize it to see. I didn't. I didn't want to talk numbers or anything. I just wanted to see what she was doing. I told her I'm. I'm super interested. Um, I told her it, this is a project that your husband was working on. It needs to get finished. Um, oh, you played that card on her, did you? Dude, who? Who? Tell me. <laughs> who the fuck wouldn't? <laughs> who wouldn't? That is the card to play right there. I mean, who fucking wouldn't? I mean, and even if it's not even bullshit, like it's, I know that's that is the, real. that is the <laughs> card, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just lay that on her. I'm like, I'm like, don't sell this to anybody who is. I'm like, I'm like, so I'm sure someone will offer you a ton of money for this. Don't sell it to anyone who's gonna who you might think is just gonna sell it. I'm like, I'm like, it's I'm like, there's no way. I'm like all these parts are whatever parts, but the fact that they're new is 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 kind of a thing. Yeah. No, so I'm like, you just were don't give. You were like, yeah, I was, I was really honest. Here. I was like, listen, I'm like, this is. I told her it's my dream bike. Uh, my it's always been a like a dream to find a, a survivor chopper, you know, that's been like was built in the day and never and like forgotten about. And I always imagine finding something in a barn or whatever, and and it being crusty and needing a ton of work. So the fact that this one's never even been put together. <laughs> it's like, it, it needs it's a ton a, of work, but not it, like. It has, yeah, it hasn't been born yet. And it's it's a survivor that's not even been on the road. Wow. The tires on it are brand new with the ribs still on them. Um, so, yeah, I just I'm talking to her about this and like what it means to me, what it would mean to, to someone who cares, you know. And I'm like, I, I I'm like, I. I can come up with a number for you. Um, just off right off the bat, like what's your dream number if it was a perfect world and you could get exactly what you wanted for it? She she goes, My husband told me that this thing assembled would go for twenty grand. Whoa. I was like, Well, if anyone ever offers you twenty grand, forget I exist. <laughs> honesty honesty <laughs> i was like if you get 20 if you can get 20 grand for this forget i exist i it, it at that point take that money because that's that's insane um and you know maybe not but it is so i go home and i'm like stressed about it. i ask her just please don't flaunt it around let me let me figure out a number <laughs> for you. Let me figure something out here. <laughs> let me figure something don't out. Don't tell. Said, okay. Don't show anybody these photos. Yeah. Um, I look. I look at this one sheet. It's got like all everything that he was trying to do to it, like parts listed out, and like um, little drawings of of how he wanted to like run. He has he has dual gauges on it, like mini tack, mini speedo, and so he had like little drawings, drawings of the oil lines. But I see a guy's name on the top of the sheet, Tom Peters, and a phone number. And I should have called that number when I saw it, um, and I didn't. And anyways. You don't have the number anymore? I still have the number, but we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> okay. So I go, I, call, I go to work the next day, and all I can do is think about it. I fucking oh, up all night. Dude, my wife wakes up. How could you up, do I'm, anything else? I know, at that I'm, point. I'm staring at the photos like, how is this even real right now? 
And I'm like, think, I'm like, how can I make money happen right now? I'm like, I'm selling my fucking sporty chopper. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm getting this out of here. So I list that. I list another bike, a sell a little two stroke I had. And uh, I tell her, I'm like, maybe like three days later, I'm like, all right, I'm at 65 right now. <laughs> and I run through, I'm like, I can, I can get every single one of these parts and probably pay around that number but they're not going to be as good a condition they're in but i'm like where i'm at right now i can give you one sum one lump sum 65 and and uh that's where i'm at did you promise to and, finish the build for her yes i did okay yes. yeah you gotta throw the that if you play the card at the beginning you gotta yeah. take that, the whole, the, whole the overlaying tone of it is that i'm gonna put it together exactly how he has drawn out and lit and, and written about um, <laughs> so I go away to Cleveland, right? What was her response? Hold on. No, don't, oh, don't oh, yeah, jump oh, ahead. Yeah. What did she say when you said six, five? She said, ah, oh, that's, that's, that's a lot lower than what I was thinking. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm like, listen, don't, don't judge on it. Think about it. I'm, I'm selling some stuff and I'm like, just make me a counter offer. I'll give you, give, give you the weekend for it. She's like, okay, that's fair enough. So I go out and I think I went to the lowbrow swap or no, I was getting my back tattooed or something in, in Cleveland. So I went away for the weekend and I get a, an email Sunday morning. Hey, I just, I had Brent breakfast with a friend of mine who was friends with, with Steve and he made me an offer on the bike. So um, I'm going to give you a counter offer, but I want to hear from you like, like where your head's at. And I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> and uh, I don't answer it immediately. And then maybe like, so I'm str now I'm stressed about it, right? Yeah, yeah. She's I'm done like, talking. I'm out of she, town. She fucking broke the rule. You're like, just yeah, give me the town. weekend. I'm out of town. I don't know what to do. I'm like pissed off, but also like, what can I do? It's, it's, if it's not meant to be, it ain't meant to be. But that's an insane thing to like miss out on because I'm a loser yeah, and don't know how to fucking yeah. manage money, right? Yeah, and yeah. So I'm like, fuck. And then she messages me, the magic number is $12,000. <laughs> Whoa. I'm like, holy fuck. I'm like, that's like, that's double. I'm like, okay. So the next day I call her when I get back. I'm like, what's going on? She's like, well, I met up with um, our buddy Tom Peters. Yep, I knew it. And he offered me 12 grand for it. And I'm just like, I'm sweating, listening to her talk. Yeah. And she, I didn't say anything. Still in Cleveland? No, I'm back in Buffalo. Okay. And I'm at work when I'm doing this. And she goes, but I think he's just going to, it seems like he just wants to sell everything. And, and she's like, so I, and he's got a pretty bad attitude. I don't think I want to sell it to him. Oh, she tells you this before you even counter or say I don't, you can't I don't do even it? respond. I never even respond. Yeah, and she said that. She's just laying like, it all out there. Yeah, I'm like, holy fuck. I'm like, all right. I was all like, can we meet up? in your court. Yeah, I'm like, okay, can we meet up? Um, she was like, I was hoping when, when I offered her 6-5, she's like, I was hoping for 10 from you. And I'm like, all right, we're getting somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, okay. I'm like ten isn't isn't crazy. It's kind of it's higher than I really really want to pay. I'm like, but 
we can talk about it. I'm like, I'll come over. We'll have we'll have like a coffee and when we'll talk. So a couple of days later, I go over there. We're talking, and uh, she just seems like I brought my wife over there, and fucking somehow, she was a graphic designer <laughs> in the '80s. Oh no way! Yeah, and uh, she hits they, it off big time with your wife. Dude, so hits it off with my wife. Their background story is the same. They meet. He's into bikes. She does graphic design. They want to do a shop. Um, and it's like, it's such a weird parallel between the two of us that it's like, it just feels meant I to be. I got goosebumps you know? just now, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's I same right now. <laughs> Every time I tell this story, it's like, how does this even happen? But then she turns to me and goes, I'm looking at nine. And I was like, if I was hoping you'd say eight something and we could work a deal out. And she goes, how about 81? Deal! <laughs> I, said, I said, deal. Gave her a hug. Sho- spent the winter shoveling her driveway. Taking her trash out. Oh, yeah. I gave her a chunk up front and I, she allowed me to do some payments to her because, you know, it's the easiest way to do things. And so in March, I carried that bike out of there. Wow. But as I was paying Did you take uh, pictures of it where it laid? Yes, I did. Okay, good. Like all the (laughs) packaging. I hope you documented that really well. I have have all the, like I made like a shrine in my bedroom of all the packaging (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Oh, dude, that's one of my favorite things, like. When you go to an old shop, it happened to me on the way back from, uh, from uh, I guess, Mexico. We stopped in an old shop, and he had these parts I was looking at and needed. And I picked the oldest one. It was in the oldest packaging just because the fucking packaging was so much cooler. Yeah, the, cool, the packaging is amazing. And the, it's just, it's, it's almost looks fake to me because the, like, never the one mirror box, new before. it's brand new. Like, not a crease on it. And the Bates box is a little rough, but it, it, the headlight still sits in it. Not even a fucking fingerprint on it. Wow. It's a bottom mount. It's cool. You know, it's it's the part you want, and it's in immaculate condition. So, like, I don't even know how to, like... <laughs> it's weird. It's almost <laughs> like it was... It's It may be worth just as much money as a pile, you know, with right. everything in the packaging. Right. To, to, to the right person, you know, like, right. yeah. Wow. Um, okay. So what state does it so sit in like, at this moment? Or you got more, go ahead. So it came with like, um, a couple jammers, handbooks, uh, chopper guide quarterly, like early 70s stuff, all these magazines. And then also it came with like a ton of, um, dealer magazines. Like he was trying to open a shop and I see it was addressed to a place called custom Speedworks custom speed ink or something like that and she had told me that he was maybe looking at starting a shop in the 70s when she ran away to california with an 18 year old (laughs) he was he was too consumed in building bikes and not paying enough attention to her that she ran away for i think it was like five or six years in the early 70s and she said that is the point when he started building that bike and i have the the bill of sale from whoever he bought it of in 1972 for $600. <laughs> and then he quit building it when she came back. 
she came back and he stopped touching it. Oh and he started my the gosh, dude. So the only time they touched it is when they carried it out of the apartment they were living in and moved into the house that they got. And it just sat under a, towels and blankets and a piece of carpet all that time. That fucking woman doesn't deserve $8 for that motorcycle. <laughs> Abandoned. Oh, fuck. Oh <laughs> man, that dude really loved. This must have been a really good woman. I mean, yeah, really I mean they woman. I mean they yeah, she's she's a riot too. Like, she's got stories about partying with Rick James and the, Oh, <laughs> and, that was a fucking other, party. Other musicians at the time on Hurdle when Hurdle was like a big had like a big nightlife scene in like the uh, late 70s early 80s and uh, lots of cocaine and <laughs> she just she's got stories and they're all hilarious that's awesome so yeah I, there's the jammer catalogs have like parts circled in them and those parts are literally there wow uh, so he ordered all that shit and got it all in it's it's intense and i look at it and i'm like it's making it makes me sad like now that i like fell into this slump of like i i semi bolted it together to get it as a roller and that's how it's been it's now i moved it from my shop to my garage onto a lift that i had prepped for it so that i could get working on it and uh mikey asked me to put it in fuel and that just you know it's not in the cards yeah you and don't want to rush something like yeah, i'm that. not gonna i'm not gonna rush it to make it happen and it will happen and, and it I, needs a proper display i mean putting correct. that bike together showcasing it putting the packaging all the stuff there like nope. with the bike oh mikey's <laughs> gonna be bummed if you do it any other place too so no i, I won't do it any other place i'll save it for fuel damn but. that means you can, we gotta wait a whole nother motherfucking oh, year yeah. dude Hell yeah <laughs> god I got damn things. it <laughs> you okay. have to come to everybody listening out. now we have got to keep this motherfucker in check dude <laughs> yes please call my phone at 7 a.m make sure i'm up for work so i can get out early. i'll tell all y'all his number in the intro <laughs> <laughs> oh shit Six dude B. oh man this is awesome uh anyways yeah so i don't want to i don't want to fucking rush through it i want to do it right He's got boxes and boxes of chromed hardware that you got to do it before this woman's gone too, dude. You got like know, a time crunch here. That's bud. really the only thing that's stressing me out. She's in good health. Well, here's the deal. What you can do is you don't have to wait till the last minute and do it next year before fuel. You can that's do right. it and put it in your shop on display before you that's ride right. it, yeah, and but, then take it to fuel. Yes. So that's where I moved it. I moved it from. Uh, my shop to my garage like a couple weeks ago and i got a nice lift on there i got some carpet on the lift everything's plush and it all Damn, it's gonna be dude. is the tank painted is there a tank on there dude that's the only thing it's like it's a it's just black with a 50 the fifth what is it 51 to 53 tank decal on it yeah but it's like a, a mustang style like Frisco mounted. I don't know how anybody ever thought those things were cool. Tank. I know. It's like, it looks pretty tough on it because it's got like short drag bars. Yeah. And a well, short I mean, sissy bar. That's the fucking Indian Larry setup, you know? Yeah. That almost. Mustang tank. I mean, that's. Yep. 
that's that's prominent up there you know yep but the frame is the frame is gloss black with like a a coppery gold it's, it's black i have to see i could have sworn you sent me a picture and it was red this whole time i was thinking it was all red stuff red <laughs> no it's a it's got like a coppery reddish um like pinstripe flame design on the frame and it's not like a professional pinstripe it's like they just he sprayed it taped it off sprayed it black and pulled the tape off gotcha um so it looks cool it's clean everything is molded really well like it's a jammer frame, but it, everything was like super smooth. And I think how we wanted to mount the seat was an afterthought because the that's the only weld that isn't molded or smoothed out. Gotcha. This is like a tab for the seat. Yeah, lots of like the front legs of the Springer are hex. The sissy bar is a hex. Um, it's a brown Corbin Gentry seat two-piece that's like it's brand new. Like, it still has stickers on the bottom That's of it. Dude, those old Corbin Gentry <laughs> seats are fucking bad, dude. It's super cool. It's like brown with like light brown stitching in it. I I like it a lot. My oh, wife doesn't geez. like it. I've at had all. one of those seats. <laughs> it looks super cool, like a dragoon or whatever the name of them were. Well, mine was a two, mine was a one piece seat, but I paid a lot okay. of money when I found it, and it never fit yeah. my bike perfect. Right. Uh, but it's such a comfy seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll um, I'll post it one day with like a rundown of all the parts that are with it. Someone's gonna kill me, but I fucking I took those Flanders grips and throttle housing, and I cut the package open with a razor blade and pulled them out <laughs> and mounted them up because that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, fuck who? Yeah, fuck the guy that thinks you shouldn't build it. <laughs> it's just it's just it felt weird doing that, you know. No, and I imagine it's gonna be really weird when you finally go ride it. You know, oh, no, like, I'm terrified. Like the plan was to ride to Cleveland, but hey. oh, really? Oh, I, if I'm taking it there, I'm fucking riding it there, dude. I'm I like your style. Shit. I mean, I think this is the only time where I'm like, it would be okay to like showcase it one time. But if it's in your shop where you can like showcase it there, then fucking pull it out and ride it to Cleveland, that's fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. That's I, I really real like cool. I don't want it to sit, you know? I want to ride it, but I also don't want to fuck it. I really don't want to ruin it. But at the same time, it's like he was going to ride it. Yeah, if you put it together and don't ride, then you are ruining it. it. Right. Yeah. So what is the term? Ride it, don't hide it? Yeah, yeah, that's a great term. I'm breaking the rules this past year, man. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, well, I'm here to pull you out of your fucking slump, bro. I appreciate it. Thank you five-year anniversary yeah mc shop tees featured oh shop in november Dude, 2021 I, I'm, I'm on a high right now and i like it so good. thank you good i'm stoked and, and liam came out and that was super cool we had a good time and uh, i invited christian newman over and we all just sat around our table talking shit all night that's awesome yeah it was good times fuck so i'm not gonna get to see it in cleveland huh Nope, got to come to Buffalo if you want to see it. I guess that's just what I'm going to have to do. Yeah, man. Get some wings, get some pizza. You are fucking All the speaking goodies. my language, dude. dude you, have, have you ever had a pizza in Buffalo? No. No, I've never been to Buffalo. I am willing to put up that Buffalo has the best pizza. Really? Straight up. Like, I... 
I don't know. I don't know how people like New York style pizza. Well, okay. Someone's gonna someone's gonna want to fight me when I when this airs, but okay, well, so, I don't so get it. My favorite pizza that I've ever had, and I've had a lot of pizza from a lot of places, even in fucking Nepal. Remember that pizza? Yep. Yes, I did. Uh, we actually had some pizza in Mexico recently that was like <laughs> out of this fucking world, unlike any other pizza I'd ever had. The crust what, was it. What was it made on? Like a tortilla? It was no. It was well. It was made on like a croissant crust. Sick. Oh, dude, it was fucking good. But my favorite yeah. pizza to this day came from North Charleston, South Carolina. This huh. pizza joint had this pizza. It was like called the fucking sweating pig or some shit. <laughs> and it was like all the fucking sausage, bacon, pepperonis, like all the meats. Yep. And then when I and when I, they asked me about the pep, the jalapenos, they go, "Do you want fresh jalapenos or pickled jalapenos?" <laughs> And do you know how much more fresh jalapenos set off a pizza? Like, oh yeah, like I mean we have, we have we have a garden. Next so. <laughs> level, dude. dude so any, when, next any I, fresh produce and anything out of out of your own garden or something is next level. I mean, I've anything. never had a pizza joint at like I've never had that be an option. Right. So when they said that, I was just, you know, like this is going to be amazing. And then it was perfect. You know, like you right. could almost hold a slice up. But it was all the weight on it. Like mm -hmm. I like a crispy, thin, right, not me real too. thin, yep. but a crispy bottom crust. Yep. So what's a buffalo style pizza? So a buffalo pizza is like so. De Detroit and and Chicago have more of like a thicker crust, oh, right? Oh yeah, I've had that pizza. And and New York style is super thin, floppy shit. Buffalo is a good in between where it's everything I order here. I, I'll I tell this to everyone. If you order, no matter what pizza joint you go to here, order it well done. Um, yeah. That's the way to get it. So you get a nice crisp, but it's got it's got some meat to it, you know. And I'm just I'm not even talking specialty pizza stuff here. I'm talking just a straight up cheese and pepperoni. Damn, um, my favorite. Um, but we do have there's a couple good places out here. Macy's Pizza they do insane. I don't even know. They do like a split pizza where there's like toppings in the center of it between. I don't even know what's going on at it. They do full on chicken fingers on it. I'm down to try <laughs> stuffed, everything. Dude, stuffed dude. hot pepper pizza. Like, it's, oh my God. There's some gnarly shit and it's all super fucking awesome. And then wings, obviously, here, there's like a hundred million different wing joints to go to and a majority of them up blow the doors off of anything around the world so <laughs> really we're the wing i mean buffalo wings dude we're known for it so yeah if we're not producing then why the fuck is the name there ranch or blue cheese blue cheese what <laughs> okay. you already know you already know uh, yeah i do i do <laughs> that's awesome man this is cool chris this is fucking cool awesome uh, Spoke in Dagger Co. So, what's your wife's name? My wife's name is Jody. Jody. Drew. Jody. And she, she is the heart of our business. She runs everything. I'm, and I mean everything. If 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 it was, if it was just me, all of this would just be chicken scratch notes on napkins. <laughs> She's she can make. She makes shit happen. Like that's awesome. No joke. She is a fucking a gnarly woman, businesswoman, designer, 
Um, she likes her fashion, looks like a chick, <laughs> but also she's only been riding with dudes. Um, so she can handle her own, which I love. Cause I know when we first started riding, it was like, you know, stress. Oh yeah. Fuck. But I can't imagine I'm, my wife on, I can just see my wife on a mini bike and I'm like, this is not good. <laughs> And she's been on a sport up uh, like this. She's she was on twelve hundred to start, like a fuel injected bike, and then she was riding my sporty that was decked out for a while. And now she, uh, earlier this year, she picked up uh, like a twenty fourteen Street Bob off of one of her friends, and she loves that thing. Nice. And she does she does all the rides for like Babes Ride Out over here and Fox Run and all those fun camping trips that all the women do. She ain't afraid to put miles on. And even if it's she, she's going, she's going. Like, I feel like every trip she does, it's raining. <laughs> oh, damn. And I tell her, I'm like, I'm like, you don't have to go. And she's like, I'm fucking going. And she'll strap up and suit up and get on. Dude, we, like, I oh, bet it was hard for her to see us having so much fun riding motorcycles on the other side oh, of the yeah. planet. I mean, she has, she's got her deal, her good deal of anxiety. And then, and just seeing the terrain we were riding and, Thinking and I told about her, the way you ride. Yeah, it's thinking about how I ride and like fucking just a fucking missile. <laughs> oh, dude, I think if I remember correctly, she reached out to my wife and they kind of had some correspondence. Yeah, yeah. There. She told me she was talking to your wife and I was just like, yep, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Getting the details lined up. Make sure we're not talking shit here. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, all, oh man, she's, I love her to death. She's amazing. Well, I can't wait to hear what she has to say about you. Because yeah. I'm going to do another podcast with her. Hell yeah, I I'm hope it's get, great. I'm going to get the other side of the story. <laughs> yeah, get, you need to find I hope out you got how... your story straight. Because I'm going to get to the bottom of this, okay? <laughs> I trust her. Yeah, that's good, that's good. She's got it. She's she's in control. That's awesome. Well, I'm stoked also, that... Uh, so, Gorgeous George is doing your artwork. Dude, it was cool dude. that you like you guys came to that decision because I've loved everything he's done for me, and he's done, you know, he's capable of doing so much. You know, he's got kind of pigeonhole into what mm -hmm. he does, which is awesome right. shit. But he's a very versatile guy, and uh, you know, I just love working with him. So when you mm -hmm. mentioned him, I was like, fuck yeah, hell yeah, yeah. We have this big ass. Um, we bought it at one fuel. I forget what year it was, but. Uh, he has like, it's like a four foot by five foot plywood with a, one of his prints on it. It's amazing. Oh wow, it's a big one. Yeah, it's huge. It's hanging up in our living room here. And it's got it's got a a dual glide on it, which is the bike I have. So that's why I had to get it. Nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I don't even remember what bike was on the drawing he did. I didn't look that close. It was just it was a, a pan chopper. It looked like with ape hangers or something. Sick. Yeah. Sick. Dude, that design, like anytime I've ever put money out for to get something done, it's it almost feels like the person can read my mind. Really? <laughs> Dude, I we paid for a commissioned work from Burrito Breath. Yeah. And all I said to him was like frozen dude riding a chopper. Um with his girl on the back and they're like frozen because it's cold up here in Buffalo. I swear that the image in my mind was somehow 
transferred to him because not only no was it like way. exactly what I was imagining, but he did it at like the same angle I was imagining the bike, the same kind of burliness of the dude that was on the bike. And I don't know, it was like crazy, all the details he did to it. He did like a fucking ice sculpture of our logo. Um, he put a, uh, instead of a chick on the back, he put a snow, a snow woman on the back with like her boobs out. Oh, sick. <laughs> there's like a shovel strapped to the sissy, just small details. It was like, it was such a cool design. Yeah, Brito Brescut, he did one of my favorite shirts we ever did. And it was sick. It was for a, a dirty rap moto psycho out of Salt Lake City. Oh, Super rad dudes. The there. name of it alone sounds perfect for him. Well, so what we did is I had him draw a rat tail, like literally a rat's tail. And I printed all of them coming off of the back of the shirt collar. So yes. it looked like if you were wearing a helmet that you had a rat tail coming out of your helmet. <laughs> yes. It was so <laughs> fucking rad. Yeah, good stuff. I, I, fuck, I think that was him. I'm pretty sure that was him. This sounds like something he would do. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, he was stoked. And then the front yeah. image was sick. It was a, it was like a, I don't know, it was like a salt shaker, you know, shaking out mm-hmm. salt as a rat's on a fucking bitching ass chopper. <laughs> it was sick, man. What's crazy about that is like that shirt was so rad, but it'll never get printed again. Like, that's well, you it, know what? You know? Hey, that's the best of them. I like that. It's Limited cool. runs. And like, you know what? Someone someone out there has the full collection. Dude. Yeah, I know. I like, know. The you guy. know who you know who has the full collection. Dude, someone, I know like, somebody later who has on, the full collection in the bags. Oh, my God. So. That's fucking awesome. And like, there's going to be people down the line, like years from now, that are, that will be working on the full collection when maybe, let's say, you're not even doing this anymore or something like that. Well, no, I'm going to keep doing it. No, years. I'm talking years. Years. You got, you're, you've created something. You've created a legend. And it's going to live on far longer than you have. You You know, one of my favorite aspects of it is, is uh, I didn't do it the first year, maybe not even the first two years. But now we put the the month and the year on yeah. all the tags. Perfect. With the artist's signature. Yeah. Which I thought, it's, you know, it's a subtle thing. And yep. I've talked to many people and they never even have ever noticed that the dates mm. are on the tags. But I think mm. that's pretty fucking cool. I think that's cool. And it will be cool when someone's looking for the shirts with no tags, no, no date codes on them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, this is an early one. I got an early yeah. one here. <laughs> It'll happen. Like it's, it's, dude. We're do, we're we're doing it now. So someone will be doing it later. Yeah, that's um, cool. And it's crazy to think about that stuff. Like you're you've you're creating a legend here, and this these audio clips, the T-shirts you're printing, the impact you're making on people that is gonna live on far longer than any of us want to live. I don't know. I feel pretty invincible. <laughs> you look pretty forever. invincible. I've seen you take some shit, so. Dude, this year has been the year of taking shit, man. I've, <laughs> I've taken some shit. Uh, you know, that fucking hitting that truck was a, it needed to happen. It really yeah. needed to happen. And what do you think you took from that hit? Well, the one thing I noticed out of the gate was I get hit by the, you know, me and the bike run into the truck. I didn't get hit by the truck. Let me make that clear. I ran into that motherfucker. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But 
you know, and, you know, we hit the ground. I jump up and just take off running from the pain, you know, like, yep. fuck, you know, the, the, the pain of the physical pain, the pain of knowing that Scott just like went through hell trying to get those tins painted. Uh, the, the dude's brand new truck I just hit, you know, like, you know, the people that were expecting to take photos of it in the next day. I mean, I was just like, ah, just run yeah, from it, it lot, right? A lot from that, yep. And then I come back over to it, and the guy that was filming, he picked it up, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, no fucking way. And when I got back on it, and we took off, like we left the scene of the accident, and I didn't even try and start it at first. I'm like, you know, I was, you know, I just assumed that it was fucked up, but it wasn't right. like, I'm looking at it. It's fine. I'm on a hill. So I just like, that guy's all worried if I'm hurt or not. And I'm like, dude, I'm right. just fucking fine. But when me and that motorcycle, we literally just rolled down the hill and I'm like, man, it feels fun. like I feel, you know, like we had this bond, this like bonding mo moment, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, fuck it. Now's a good time as ever. And I, turn it on and press the start button and it fires right the fuck up and we rode <laughs> off and i'm like dude like we just you know like me and my chopper we got a connection that bike was like just a new bike i was playing around with right, until yeah. i hit that truck and we it smashed us together you know i was like oh you know now we're in this <clears throat> now you understand yep but also more importantly <clears throat> was it was a wake-up call having this new bike with all this fucking power, you know, like it's going to present some new obstacles that on my chopper, I wasn't having to worry about, you know, like right. not going fast, always assuming that I'm going to get hit and my brakes don't work. You yep, ride so. a little differently. Now I'm on a bike yep. with all the power with the best fucking brakes. So, yep. so I was can, riding it can, differently. Right. And that was like a, Hey, just cause you know how to operate the motorcycle doesn't mean everybody else you know, isn't going to hit you. Yep. And I needed that. I needed that a lot. Cause I was start, I mean, it, I'd only had it for been riding it for a couple of days and I was doing some dumb shit, dude. <laughs> You're starting to get comfortable on it. I was getting, getting real comfortable on it. Yeah. And that's how it, that right there is how it goes. As soon as you're comfortable on something, you just got, you need a little humbling experience. And there. that's what that was. That's why I say that was like a very, that, that was a well, a much needed experience. Yeah, and it and it was just bad enough that it shook you. Oh, enough. it got the point across, yeah. dude. It fucking yeah. got the point across. <laughs> it didn't need to be any worse than it was. No, and then able, you know, being able to fix it with just a fucking beer can, and you know, Amazing. go and ride it the next day. Like, <laughs> come the fuck on, dude. I think did I talk to you about that before I got it? Did you I did. reach out to you at some point yep. when I was like yes, kind of did. playing around with the idea? Or was yes, was I did. full on gonna get it at that point? Um, you were playing around with the idea, and then you called me after you got it. Oh, okay. It's just to confirm that it happened. Yes, yeah, I should do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I still, you know, I am having some difficulties with it now, and not necessarily the bike, but. The infrastructure behind the bike, the the brand, yep. the company itself, <laughs> you know, the dealer network, which, you know, one of the greatest things about owning a Harley is the dealers all over the country, right? Yeah, and you get something like a KTM, like who the, where the fuck you stopping? Yeah, exactly. Well, a KTM, there's a lot of dirt bike. Those are, that's, that's, you know, 
Yeah. But still, but yeah, you're right. A know, newer one with computers, you need computers to read it. Uh, right. There's the infrastructure's not on around the planet. This Harley, there's a lot of dealers everywhere. You know, even right. if they're just a t-shirt shop, it's a connection to the motor co that could help out. Yep. But that being said, it's still a brand new motorcycle to them, right? Right. And yeah. all and the even mechanics, some of their techs probably not don't exactly. have full the tech support has not caught up to it yet. Um, so, you know, and the kinds of people that work at dealerships aren't the kinds of people like you, no. you know, it's a, uh, th- you know, it's just different. Like, you know, there's a reason I like to highlight the mom pop shops, you know, because it's, right. there's yeah, a yeah. different, there's a different, uh, level of care and commitment to their, to your experience with them. Whereas those guys aren't, this isn't their shop they're working at. They're, you know, yep. they're working at a dealership under somebody track. else's name. Uh, yep. So, you know, having to adjust it to now I've got a bike where I have to deal with them. You know, I've got to figure out how to communicate a little bit differently. Uh, and we're working through that, you know, <laughs> I've had some, some things. Hey, you're on the forefront of the, the learning curve. I the am. You know, and I, and I knew this going into it, you know, like, it's not like I expect them to know everything right out of the gate, but it is, it does get annoying when they don't, but this, that's mm-hmm. just part of having a first in, of anything, you know, like I'm not, yeah. I mean, hey. I would, st- I'm still not scared to jump on that bike and ride it anywhere. No, why would you be? Uh, It'll get, you'll get figured out. Yeah. So, that's but cool. I'm still I'll telling you need to get one because guess what? <laughs> Honestly, you're not going to be ever able to ever buy one brand new for as cheap as they were selling them this year. Yep. There's yeah, the prices no are just going up. No way, dude. No way. No fucking way because everything's going up. Just the va- I mean, just the amount of inflation that's happened since they put those motherfuckers out there to the public. They're yeah. probably losing money by selling them now. <laughs> you know, like honestly. I mean, think about that. Like that is a fucking that's a that's a bitchin' machine that you could have bought for less than twenty grand. Yeah, that's that's insane. It really is. What was MSRP like eighteen something on it? Yeah, for the base model, it was like seventeen ninety nine. I think the model yeah, I got. If you were to that. ask me that, that I would think like twenty five. Like oh, I yeah, don't think it's going to be. Crazy. I think next year it'll be twenty four ninety nine. That's my guess. Yep. And I don't think it's out of line of them at all. You know? I don't either. That's what I'm saying. If I would have guessed, I would have said 25, but under 20, that's insane. And, but, you know, and, and I think it's because of the amount that they sell. You know, like, you know, BMW. How many BMW dealerships are there? I don't know of any in the Metroplex where I live. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I think, I think there's maybe, I don't know of a dealer, but I know there's a shop here that specializes in, like, Moto Guzzi and BMW. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, the numbers that Harley yeah, produced and exactly. sold of those has, you know, is probably helping get that price point down. But, you know, <clears throat> they, can, they don't got computers to make new fucking bikes right now. Uh, right. I don't know how that's working. I, you know, I don't know what's ahead of us, but nope. I know that what you're providing at your shop by teaching people stuff is is becoming more valuable by the day. That's good. You know, so. Yeah. I hope so. 
and this dealing with getting parts and stuff and even like t-shirt you know t-shirt inventory still it's like it, it every everything has been affected by this yeah it has. my buddy bought a brand new 2021 transit and he ordered it in february and he got it like three weeks ago <laughs> yeah yeah i believe it i mean i hear that they're building new cars and just sticking them in warehouses yeah, a friend of mine is waiting um, on the chips to get there to be installed. He he does landscaping stuff and cement work out in Ontario, and he he was telling me that he's been working on building lots for Ford and other companies out there so that they have places to park their new cars. Yeah, that don't have that are just sitting waiting for computer chips. It's insane, dude! Fucking wild. You know, remember at the beginning of the COVID? Now we're back on it again. <laughs> but there was like this uh there was like this there was a short period of time where people realized how important buying locally was you know like american made and like supporting the infrastructure in america yeah there right. was like a small time period where it was like i don't know it just seemed like there was a heavy push people were talking about it people were yeah, doing sure. it and then all of a sudden that kind of like faded away and it's back to just buy everything you can on Amazon Yep. and wait for it and to I, show up from overseas. And I, def I definitely feel that, you know, being a retail shop is not, <laughs> if you want to make money and have a good life, don't open a retail shop. Wait, you can have a good <laughs> life. You just can't make yeah. money. Okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, the, the mental stress and roller coaster you get to play with with having that kind of a, a venue, you know? Well, and it's tough it's, with people with Amazon in the world because people order exactly. shit and they're like, why isn't it here tomorrow? You know? Yep. Yep. You're yep. like, I don't know. We'll get someone who orders something on a Sunday night. We're closed Monday, Tuesday. We'll have emails Monday night. Where is it? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I mean, I, I get it because, you know, we're all conditioned now to have what we want when we want it or faster. It's tough to compete with, but it I is think the communication tough. is all you can do, you know, like Correct. And that's I'm a, we're huge on if if we communicate before we have to, it usually goes well. And yeah, we just keep we, people don't we, read. Yeah, I know that. You can too, put the shit all over the motherfucking <laughs> website, and they fucking will not see it. They're just looking our at that our product. Our customer service is us, so we talk to every customer, and we we just try to be as truthful as possible. And and so far, that's been a, it's it's been the best thing to do. I Absolutely, guess. I've you know I've called people sometimes if I have their number on file and they send yep. me an email with a problem, just pick up the phone and call them up and they're Give like, holy, holy shit, you're, this yeah. is Danger Dan. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this is my company and you got a problem. Let's <laughs> fucking figure it out. Somebody called up the other day, just called my, <clears throat> it was a random number, I answered it and he was just like, holy shit, you just answered the phone. And I'm like, yeah, where the, <laughs> how the fuck did secretary? you get my number? My number is out there on the internet somewhere and I don't yep. know exactly where. Uh, yep. And I don't mind it being. I'm glad it's not easy for me to find because I might have canceled. Like, I might have taken it off by now. But, you know, whatever. So I the first, my fucking phone. Exactly. The first two years we had our, our receipts were printed and it had our phone number on it. Personal phone numbers. 
Nice. And uh, then we got, we eventually got a shop phone, and now that's on there. But I still, every once in a while, I'll get a phone call, and it'll be someone asking questions. Yeah, and like, hey, I bought this four years ago. This hat, <laughs> and it's broken now. I need a new motherfucking hat. <laughs> Dropped in the mail yesterday. It's on your sweater. Hey, already knew. Heard it coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're so-and-so on the gram. I got gotcha. you. I already seen it. Yep. Yeah, I'm real. It's real personal, you know. It's awesome. I well, and it. you know that connection. Like right now, I don't, I don't package my T-shirts anymore. But I used to get them all in the pile, in all the packages, and I, me and okay, my wife did most of it, you know. That's <laughs> the thing. But when I would do it, and I would see a name like multiple times, sometimes I throw some stickers in there, like write yeah, a fucking up. note, or just and you know, dude, the note, the note gets them. Yeah. Uh, I love writing. I, I write notes all the time. Jody writes notes. We have like a, a stack of like postcards we make. We'll fucking write a handwritten note on them and throw them in there. And yeah, like people, you said, it you goes seen, a long ways. I mean, I know yep. when I get it, I'm fucking stoked. Like, dude, yeah. I ordered a magazine the other day. Holy shit. It's called Snare. This guy, Jimmy Dean Horn, he's the one that helps uh, Dean do all the layout for Dice Magazine. Okay. Yeah. On the fucking packaging that the magazine's wrapped in, he literally drew a picture of me on my Pan America <laughs> with a fucking Sharpie. That's, that's sick. So you still have the packaging. I haven't even pulled the magazine out of the packaging. <laughs> I need to take a picture of that. Yeah, I almost want to order another magazine and just save that up on the wall. <laughs> like, I, like I said before, people are creating, like, it's legends that are going to live on and that packaging, it's just super rad. And one day someone's going to fucking lose their shit over that. I got, a handwritten, more so. I got a handwritten letter today, actually. Of That's some, amazing. From some kids, like my friend Matt. It was actually Wrecked Metals. I featured Wrecked Metals like two years ago. And Matt, I got to go visit Matt and his family mm -hmm. up in uh, Boise, Idaho. Super cool. rad kids. Him and his wife, like, put me and my buddy Scott up. And, you know, I sent him some T-shirts when I got home. His kids sent me a handwritten letter thanking me for the fucking T-shirts. And <laughs> one of cute. them drew a picture of me on my chopper. Yes. I was like, fuck. I can't call him. You know, like, now I got to fucking write those kids a letter, dude. Yep, pen pals We're for life now. We're fucking pen pals. That's exactly right, you know? <laughs> and, and they're going to look back on it when they're... I don't know they're they're young right now, right? So yeah, late teens or early teens, and be like, remember who's that guy I was writing to? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they will be. Like that fucking weirdo sent us another letter. <laughs> you know, now that I think about this, I had a I had a fucking pen pal when I was like ten years old or something. Really? And it was an Amish kid. Man, I need to. Now, now you got me thinking. I gotta, I got my my mother has to have those. Or like something. an Amish kid from like what Milwaukee or something like the or, yeah, like or... like Southern Pennsylvania or something. You oh know? wow! So yeah, I don't even remember. But now I'm I'm having flashbacks. Be sick talking if he about can make this. you like a rocking chair now. <laughs> hey, I need a shed. Yeah, I need a barn. Damn, I need a pole barn. That's that's all. That'd be really awesome. That's what that's what they do out here. So yeah, I don't know. Shit, my dad just got a pole barn put up. Things fucking amazing. From some fucking Amish people. Yeah, 
During COVID, too, they were working. Dude, they don't give a fuck. No fucks. No, they did not. You think fucking COVID was like highlighting how badass Amish people are. They were like, oh, you guys are waiting on shit from China? Ha 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 You know, they're not. They are fucking not waiting on that shit. <laughs> not at all, dude. None of them, I mean, no, no, no. Somebody was telling me about a place down by Waco called, I think it was Homestead, and it's an Amish-like compound-type situation down there. Hmm. And they have their own little diner, and they, uh, they teach classes on homesteading. And, Interesting. You know, it's like a cult, if you will, but, you know, yeah. they, they follow the laws of the land and live within their means. You know, kind of like sounded like some Branch Davidian type shit, you know? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> it's still happening today, so it really intrigued me. So I'm probably going to go down. I'm going to ride my chopper down there, and then if it's cool, I'll take the whole fucking family down there. There's, I think Sarasota, Florida is also like that. Really? Like, I, I, it's either, if I'm remembering correctly, either Can you imagine it's imagine how fucking crazy an Amish dude in Florida is? You know, like... Yeah, if right. a story Just started le- out, leather skin. this guy from Florida who's also Amish, you're like, you're listening. Like, what's, <laughs> tell me the rest of this fucking from Sarasota. Yeah, come on, lay it on me. Jesus. Lay it, what's this headline <laughs> sound <laughs> like? That's good shit, dude. Yeah, All right, well, we just did two over two fucking hours, Chris. Man, killing it. Uh, I really am stoked about Spoken Dagger being next month's featured shop. The shirt's going to be sick. I'm stoked that you guys have been able to do this for five years. And I can't wait to just see the continued growth. And I can't wait to hear what you're going to do with the schooling in the future. You know, like how that that operation is going to grow. And I hope that the fire is lit for you to fucking open up that garage door and get in there and build this fucking jammer chopper, dude. Let's fucking go. Come on. And I'm what you know, and all that sounds good, but what I'm really stoked about is coming up there and getting some of that fucking pizza, dude. Yeah, buddy. Whenever you're ready, we're always ready here. Doors open. Always ready. I like it. Well, uh, I'm gonna set up a date. Maybe this we'll figure out when I can talk to your wife. We'll get that episode yep. out pretty quick. Um, yeah. I'm probably gonna put this one out in the morning, and I can't wait to get the dirt on Chris. You know, Man, that I mean, I know how you made this story look all sweet, you know, but I want to. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm stoked. It's going to be awesome. Your time, Chris. I appreciate you doing this for us. And, and this podcast has been amazing. You're doing a great job and love it. You must not listen, but I do appreciate it. <laughs> I listen. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, man. I'm stoked. It's raw. Part of this, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll see you in Cleveland, huh? All right, man. Good. Have a wonderful evening. You too. See you. Bye. All right. Isn't that story about this jammer chopper fucking bad? At, like, literally, he found a time capsule with a chopper from the 70s. Or 80, probably the 70s, yeah. And his, it, it, the only reason it didn't get finished was because his wife left him and then came back and he just never touched it again. Like, I felt, I've had multiple feelings come up when I heard that, like, uh, you heard my initial feeling was fuck that woman. She wouldn't let him touch his motorcycle anymore. You know, like, but also, you know, I can see it could have been like a, you know, a drug habit where he just ignored everything around him because he was working on his motorcycles, which, you know, I think we might all be, you know, 
guilty of that sometimes. I know I am, for sure, I am. But, uh, you know, then I thought, well, fuck, this lady must be amazing, right? For him to just set his motorcycle dreams alive, set his motorcycle dreams down, and just pursue this woman. So it's fucking just a cool story. Such a rad story. So glad Chris has got it. And uh, it, it does bum me out that he's, like, it been slumped, you know, like been held back by, you know, everything that's going on and trying to process it and stay motivated. But uh, I think we got the spark underneath him, and I can't wait to see what he does moving forward. I can't wait to see this bike. And uh, make sure if you see him in Fuel Cleveland, say something to him. Get him stoked. We're all stoked. Spoken Daggers, rad. Check him out. Go sign up so you do not miss that T-shirt. MCShopTees.com, DangerDanceTalkShop.com. Follow Spoken Dagger on the gram. They probably got a fucking website, too. Lowbrow Customs. My boy Knives Made by Nick. I didn't even get into the Mexico story. Fuck! Me, Nick, and Al went to Mexico last week. Um, How am I going to do this? All right, I'm not going to do it right now, but. Not even last week. I, it's fuck this week. We went to Mexico and back. Uh, dude, knives made by Nick. Oh, I got a fucking sick ass danger zone sign. Oh, dude, fucking Al killed it. It's a bitchin', bitchin'. Uh, it's like a what is it? Fuck, I don't even know now. It's a wooden sign. It's got a metal iron cross, a metal skull. It's got leather. Tooled leather that says the danger zone. God damn it, sick. I uh, I need to take some worthwhile pictures of it and show you guys on the internet, don't I? I keep saying I'm going to do that. It would benefit me and Al to do that, wouldn't it? Hey, thank you motherfuckers for listening. I really do appreciate it. Have a blessed motherfucking day. Hey.